Welcome to episode 174 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 174 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm sensational on you. I'm really good. Well, I'm on holiday right now. It's about 5.15 in the morning and my lovely Jo's sitting over there in bed and she's loving the noise. I bet she is. Special <laughs> guest on the show today. Maybe later. Background guest she is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the show is brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, we've got some exciting news about Coffees of Hawaii, so we'll tell you about that later. Trybuys.com. The world's best deals. And Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes and tracking results and social needs. So, news is brought, oh, what we got coming up? We've got news, we've got age group of the week, we've got website of the week. I'm going to chuck in a forever fitness, aren't I, John? It's, I'm so excited, I just can't hide it. <laughs> and then uh, we've got questions and answers at the end. Uh, news is brought to you by Xtry, so if you want to check out their website for the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the pros, get on there and it's a great website. So, what's happening in the news, John? First up, we had a few results there. We had the, the Como Lake Man, first time they've held this event, and it was dominated by a German man called Dirk Rolly Rad, and he did 9 hours 16, so not too bad, and he had a victory by 46 minutes. Whoa. So uh, pretty crushing. It looked like a relatively small field. Uh, I think it looks like they had maybe 55-ish odd uh, guys. So first was uh, Roller Rad, Second was Alessandro Francesco in 10.03. And third was Angelo Calvaretti in 10.04. So pretty close racing for second, third, and fourth. Um, but it looks like a great race. Um, beautiful scenery, small numbers. And if you're not too fussed about um, you know, racing with all the elites, it looks like it's a pretty, pretty low-key race. On the girls' side of things, we had... Uh, only a few finishes there. In first place, we had Paula Ramponi in 11.52. Second, Rochelle Panzeri, 12.18. And then third, Alicia Sotil in 13.56. The Limburg 226 happening? What happened there? Yep, no results up from there, but uh, the next race we had was uh, the Ironman, which we've talked about a few times, another new race in Ireland. Yeah, Unfortunately, they got uh, absolutely slammed with really bad weather, um, and from what I was reading, it sounded like the swim basically got cancelled. Oh, really? um, yeah, and it was a uh, bike run um, individual time trial, and old Hal Tao took out the race. Oh, nice. Good work, Hal Tao. So there's a little bit of a report up on, uh, on the Triathlete Mag website. It's a picture of Hal Tao with a, uh, with a hypothermic um, you know, uh, blanket around him um, <laughs> after the race. But it sounded like they just got pounded big time by, uh, by a lot of wind, by a lot of rain. So well done to anybody who managed to get through the race. Um, also had a half an Olympic distance race. I, I haven't got any... those days because you, kind of, you never forget them, will you? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, and how Tao's time, uh, he, I think down here he did 8.18, which is obviously for the bike and the run. When you put a, put a swim onto that, you know, say a 50-minute swim, a 9.08 in conditions like that is probably, uh, probably not too bad. And then on the girls' side of things, we've only got the name of the winner there, and her name was a Russian Alina Maslova. Nice. Um, haven't got the time for her. Germany 70.3? 
Yeah, it was good to see old uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken back in the winner's circle. Yeah. So she took out the girls' race, and uh, I believe it was uh, race record time, um, 4.42. So good to see her back on top. And she's, they've got a picture on Ironman.com of her crossing the finish line. She's got that beautiful white outfit <laughs> on. Um, I'm going to the website with, now. <laughs> the white socks and the white cap, and I wonder if she, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's the same suit that she had to shower with. On the girls' side of things, um, we had Sebastian Kilner, um, a German I haven't heard of before, beat a very, very strong field in 404. Second was uh, Michael Rayler, and third was Matthias Hecht. He also had Faris Al Salton there, so um, pretty solid victory. You always know if you're doing a, a half or a full in Germany, it's going to be a pretty solid field. They love their triathlon. What do they go like in the Olympic size distance? Well, obviously, you've got the Olympic champ, but like, are they strong or...? Yeah, they've got they're strong. Last weekend we had a, a last latest round of the World Championship Series, and yeah, Olympic champion Fredano took it took it out. So they're, they're very strong, and they've got a lot of depth as well. So um, yeah, they're good, very good on the guys. So I think girls, they've got some good girls. Um, again, a lot of second tier groups, but the, the, the depth is fantastic. And what about Kiwi guys? How did they go in the race? Kiwi guys were pretty good. Um, Chris Gemmel got second, out-sprinted Gomez for second, Ben oh, Doherty yeah. was fifth, wow. so it was, uh, it was pretty solid. Oh, good okay, so, and we also had Timberman 70.3, what happened there? Well, Timberman 70.3, we had uh, Chrissy Wellington getting back on the winner's circle. Well, one interesting thing that I'm noting here is um, we talked a few weeks ago that she got beaten in Boulder in the half Ironman distance up there. Maybe she was just treating as training or maybe she doesn't race quite as well at altitude. But then we had the Timberman, which she was defending champion, and she did take the win. But it wasn't the convincing Chrissy win we often see. She only beat... uh, Katrina Morrison by two minutes um, and she, she's a very solid athlete but often you, you see Chrissy and you just expect her to completely dominate things so yeah, yeah it'll be points. interesting to see what happens in the next uh, next couple of months do you think she'd hold back? She, she may have done you know but um, she sounds like she's self-coached now so so who knows what's going on um, so yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to Kona I still think she's a raging hot favourite but it'll be interesting to see if she uh, if she goes faster than what she's been in the previous years you know and then on the Chrissy? we should actually we should talk to Chrissy and we should say that that I'm coaching her and because I won't coach her but it'll be good for the show and it's great PR imagine all the PR would get We'll try it. We'll, give, we'll, we'll try it on. She's pretty friendly with us. I'm sure she'll be pretty keen. If you know okay. Chrissy, ask her if she'll do it for the show. She'll say, Ben yeah. and James Isles is her coach. I won't coach it, obviously, but just, you know, just look for the show. Okay, we'll give it a go. Okay, guys, um, Andy Potts? Guys, so I Andy Potts, dominating performance in a, in a strong field. Um, 3.51, and second place was 3.58, Alberto Cassidi. Um, but there was also Chris Lee and some other guys there as well. So he's he's looking pretty good, and I'm, I'm picking him to get on the podium in Kona. Nice, good work. Okay, so what, what have we got coming up this weekend? Uh, we had one one other race that was actually pretty interesting for from the Kiwi perspective was the Philippines seventy point three, and uh, Terenzo Bazzoni took down Maka and Cameron Brown. Really? <clears throat> what was a, sounded like a real steaming hot run. Um, apparently, Brownie tried to break away on the bike. Pete Jacobs was also there. He was off the front in the swim, um, and then Terenzo took them on the run and, and ended up winning by about a minute in front of Maka. And um, Brownie was about uh, fifteen seconds behind uh, Maka. So. Good performance by Brownie. He's not a half Ironman specialist, uh, but yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see what Terenzo can do in Kona. It seems like he does like the heat. Is, is it to be expected? You know, like the shorter course is more his kind of thing. You know, 
he hasn't really done anything. Well, he's, he's been solid in Ironman, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't really had a breakthrough race in Ironman yet, has he? Yeah, uh, totally agree. So, that, that, yeah, he, he's, he's a master of the, the half Ironman distance and he's, you know, he's got the course record at Wildflower and, and he, he's, he's the world champion at that distance for the, yeah. uh, from Florida. So, um, yeah, you'd expect him to be very, very competitive. But, you know, he's racing against Macker and Brownie and they're both pretty seasoned campaigners. So he's too, Philippines. Yeah, but you, you, the thing you know, you know that he's going to be in contention. So he's he's going to be close to the front in the swim at Hawaii, and uh, he'll definitely ride with them. And it's just going to come down to whether he can run with them as well. So, yeah, big exciting times. Maybe we can get a Kiwi one too. Oh, I'll bring it on, and one two in the gills as well. Why not? That's right. <laughs> okay, so what have we got coming up this weekend? <clears throat> We've got a whole bunch of uh, non-WTC races. We've got the uh, Almera Triathlon, which is a you know has been going I think since uh, the early 80s um, in Holland. So it's an Ironman distance race. Last year they had the World Long Distance Triathlon Champs there, the ITU side of things. So that's coming up. Got another Iron Distance race in Austria, the International Austria Tri. We've got the Big Woody in the uh, UK. So we know a few of the, the, the Tri-Talk fellas will probably be racing over there. Over in France, we've got another one of their tough uh, iron distance races, the, the Chi Tri-Man, which is over in the, in the mountains, I believe. And then uh, we've got another one in Ireland this weekend as well. So two weekends in a row for Ireland, we've got the Ironman, spelt slightly different, the Ironman 226 Challenge. So, um, yeah, that's what we've got coming up this weekend. And we've also got uh, Ironman Canada coming up so, on... So looking uh, at the field right now, they've got quite a big men's field, eh? Yeah, but, but no, no sort of uh, rock stars there. And, and that's usually the way um, when you go to, to Ironman Canada because it is so close to, um, to Hawaii. Um, one interesting name that I do see in there, though, is Luke Bell. Um, now, he hasn't... Oh. I'm, I'm guessing he hasn't qualified for Kona because I, I don't think he finished last year and I don't recall him having a, a strong race in any iron distance races this he year. He's got 70.3s this year, hasn't he? He has, but he may not have that Kona slot. Maybe so maybe he, he may not be doing Kona. He may be doing this to qualify. He may just cruise through just to get a slot. Who knows? But um, you'd have to say that uh, out of everybody on the list there, he's um, probably the best athlete and it depends whether he just wants a slot or not. Probably the other one you, you've got in there is Jasper Blake, who won the race uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and and, and there's, some, there's some other good sort of second-tier athletes yeah. here, Justin Deere. Um, so it should be quite a good close race, um, but you haven't got those real uh, rock stars there who will all be doing their, their heavy training for Kona. And on your side of things, who have we got here? We've got Amanda Leoto. And we've also got uh, Belinda Granger, I think, was in there. Yep. I'm just going to pull it up now. Um <clears throat> But small, smaller field, you'd have to say Belinda Granger's should should dominate that, and Sarah Gross is probably another one to to look out for. Um, so yeah, again, it should be a pretty good race. Tara Norton might be uh, pushing the pace. I know she's had a few injury issues this year, but she'll be likely right up there off the bike, um, probably second in behind uh, Belinda Granger. But I can't see anybody beating Belinda Granger out of that field. At what point do you think people are jeopardising the Ocona? racing you know this close to Kona like when is it too close to Kona well you have seen people do well at both I think you've seen Peter Reid win Canada and then go on to a good race in, in Kona but um, uh, yeah from a coaching perspective I don't think it's ideal preparation how many weeks is it to Kona now it must be what about seven or, seven or eight or so so it's, it's not the ideal preparation you can still do it but, uh, but it's not ideal uh, what else we got here um, anything else news okay so the big news of the week we've got lots of emails about this it's good. Oh, wait a second. 
Yeah, I oh, know this isn't the big news of the week. We'll go to the big news nice. of the week first. Lance Armstrong was doing an interview the other day and uh, obviously got lots of media attention because he talked about doing Ironman Kona at some stage and he kind of said that he'd like to think that he'd basically be able to get in the top, well, the top tier really, didn't he? Yeah, he thought he'd be pretty competitive and I think he's, he would be. Um, you know, in his day, he was a, a fantastic triathlete, so it's going to take him, um, I don't think it'll take him that long to get his swimming back up to speed, and, and because he's such a strong biker, it doesn't really matter probably that much if he's a little bit off the pace in the swim, because he'll easily be able to ride up to the front group. So, um, you know, I, I reckon that if he just did a few months training, he'd still come out um, in the mid-50s, to mid 50s, and, and if he put in a good sustained six-month effort, he'd come out in the low 50s, he'd still be probably a little bit off the pace, but I wouldn't see it taking him that long to get his swimming back and with the running side of things you know I think he said in the interview that you know if he could do similar to what he did in, um, when he did a marathon I think he ran about three hours then he'd be competitive and I, and I don't see any reason why he couldn't get off the bike pretty fresh and run a three hour marathon if he was to be you know in terms of actually trying to be competitive with the top guys you know Crowey and that to run uh, you know a 240 or something like that I think that would be um, that would take a, a pretty Herculean effort but um, I don't see any reason why he couldn't go over there and do a low 50 minute swim probably be the fastest on the bike and then put in a three hour marathon and that and that would be uh, that would probably get him in the, well inside the top 10 I would imagine really do you really think you could pull off a three hour marathon like you know sure he did that marathon in was it New York or was it or the Boston yep. marathon but you know he hasn't had years of running under his legs oh uh, no I, I think he'd easy, I, I don't think he'd easily do it but I think uh, you know he's a extremely well conditioned athlete so he's, he's going to be fit enough to do it he's used to racing in the heat it's just so bloody hot in France during the Tour de France so I don't think the heat will be a massive issue and you've also got to remember he's not going to be that fatigued coming off the bike sure he's going to be fatigued but he's, he's going to be as, as fresh as anybody coming off the bike because of his background so uh, I don't think a three hour marathon is, is, is fast at all for him uh, I think he'd be able to do it when you're talking of 240, that's when you've really got to have some fantastic running under your legs. But uh, I don't see any reason why he couldn't run three hours. And, uh, and, and if he's first off the bike, do a three-hour marathon, um, easily be in the top ten. I wonder if he actually um, would be that motivated. You know, like it's easy to sit here on the sidelines and say, you know, I've got to do with this and I think I can do that. But actually getting out and doing it, I wonder if he actually will be that motivated to do it. Yeah. Well, who knows? Um, I mean... A lot of people are going to speculate, and I'm sure about a million people have probably gone on, on through Slow Twitch and all the other forums trying to guess what Armstrong would do, and, and we'll just have to wait and see. But I think he, if, if, he, if he did say the Tour de France again in July and then focus his attentions on, on Kona, you know, that would give him a good August, September um, to, to focus on tri training, and, and I think that would be enough. I do think it would be great for the sport. Imagine the exposure he'd be oh, to it. Imagine if he'd Kona, it would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Massive, so it'd be good. But Bevan, I think you were alluding to the big news of the week, okay, and uh, and and this is something that the Holy Hammer sent through. Oh, that's right. Uh, that uh, this is just ludicrous. The budgie smugglers banned at theme parks. So. <laughs> Hairy hunks who love skimpy swimming trunks, beware. A British theme park wants you to cover up and think about getting a wax job. Alton Towers, which boasts roller coasters, etc., it's a theme park in the UK, has banned um, male visitors from wearing tiny swimming trunks. Really? The park, the park is deemed, um, has said it's not deemed public or family friendly. So, Bevan, if we ever go and do a camp over in the UK, we're going to have to stay clear of Alton Towers. <laughs> Well, you do. I don't actually wear both <laughs> at the ball. But, but they are offering 
um, oh, complimentary go. male waxing services. Oh, well, there you go, John. You can go there. <laughs> to persevere the dignity of all our guests. <laughs> Jesus. Before we go to Kona, you could go there, mate, you know. <laughs> could do. Nobody's taken up the $1,000 offer yet to get me running the no, underpants. bring it on. Someone get that money to us. Okay, so discussion of the week, we had uh, a couple you, of weeks you ago. Jump we through, you're jumping through things. You, you're jumping. You're missing things. Oh, well, it's, you, it's, you know, it's terrible today. What have I missed now? Poor effort. So we had an email in from uh, from Dave. He was uh, talking about the, the Hula Man Half Ironman distance race outside Portland. Yep. Um, and I don't actually have the notes here, Bevan, so oh, we'll just okay. have, well, give, give it a <laughs> next week. Well, we're basically saying pros were racing for 20000 bucks, and it was a nice but small race, but a really strong pro field. Yeah. So if you want to try uh, look at We'll bring that up again next week. And also, the other, the <laughs> you other you news... You give me crap. <laughs> you haven't got it yourself. Well, you haven't... You, uh, long story. Uh, and we also had uh, Jeff Earl sending in an email saying that... Uh, duh, duh, duh. Again, great oh. prep, mate. Uh, I know. No, they had the. Um, I'm just trying to think. Aber, the Aberfeldy, the Aberfeldy Half Ironman, and uh, Graham won the race, and he hold, currently holds the record at Rote for the fastest Scottish man when he did an 8:23, and he took out the uh, the Ironman, and we'll have a link to that. Uh, not the Ironman, the Aberfeldy race, and we'll have a link to the result up on our website. We won't actually. I'm not doing a website today. Oh, okay. But next week, I'll do this week's websites at the bottom of the page next week. I'm, I'm on holiday, mate. My girlfriend's next to me now in bed. Very good. It's <laughs> more, more information than we want to know. <laughs> okay. So, discussion a week, few weeks ago, we want to know more about you as a person. Not you, John, the listener. And we wanted to know what were your top five movies of all time. And also, if you had some cookbooks or anything like that, rock on. So, John, who'd you pick? I picked... Give me two seconds. Yeah, who did you pick, Bevan? Okay, I'm going to go with Neil Newbolt. He's gone Black Hawk Down number one, Armageddon. Did you like that movie, Black Hawk Down? Yeah, it was all right, yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get that stock standard response from me for all these. Armageddon, did you like that? Armageddon was okay. It was a bit soppy for me. Schindler's List. Haven't seen it. Oh, come on, John. Um, Blow. No. Blow's quite good. It's about drug wars. It was good. And Gallipoli. And his cookbook, he's given us a website, so go on Athletics, check that out. Okay. And I'm just I'm just going to do anybody who's done cookbooks because uh, I don't really care about the, the rest of the movies. So we had Kenneth Hawks. He th- sent through a great website here, culinarycompetitor.com. And it's got a whole bunch of recipes, meals, blog, ingredients, etc., etc. So you can check that out. So I'm, I'm just doing cookbooks. It's oh, weak, John. It's weak. Okay, Fegan, Full Force Fegan, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Do you remember that? Yes, uh, that's, that's pretty weak for one of the best movies of all time. This is number one. And that was the second, that was Bill and Ted's... Oh. Anchor, Man. I've seen that, that's even worse. Oh, that's you're going to sh- get some emails about that, John. The listeners love that one. <laughs> Airplane, do you remember Airplane? Oh, yeah, yeah, again. <laughs> weak for a... Uh, weak for a um... Leon, never heard of Leon. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Come on, you love that. That was that was quality. Yeah, my dad let me have a day off school and took me to the movies to see that. I will love my yeah. dad forever for that. And his cookbook, he loves James, Jamie Oliver, um, and the River Cottage Meat Book by Hugh Fernie Willingstall. Right. Okay. Christopher Leonic, uh, his cookbook, at the risk of being um, modest, nobody does it better. Why French home cooking is still the best in the world by Trish Dizarine. Okay. 
Uh, Daniel, the German Gazette, basically, Shawshank Redemption. Just, did you like that? Come on, you had to love that. Shawshank Redemption was good, yep. yep. Pulp Fiction, did you like that? Mm, it was okay. Oh, a, lot of people had, a lot of people had that up there. Oh, The Matrix? Yeah, no. Really? The Matrix? You didn't like The Matrix? No. Some Dog, have you seen Some Dog Millionaire? Yep, Some Dog, it was good, yeah. Okay. And uh, any James Bond without Daniel Craig? Quality, yeah, quality. He's got, he's got a uh, cookbook in here, but it's German. I can't pronounce it, so go on there. And he has said that for Bevan, I prefer any movie where Jennifer Anderson doesn't wear a bra. She doesn't have a tendency to do that. And I've, I've talked to people about this. Why does she do that, John? You always Don't. see her nipples. No, oh dear, it's just... Wrong, Maybe you should get on the show and ask her. Okay, I will. I'll sort that out for next week. And here we go. Uh, Tom Clements' uh, cookbook has to be Dariana Allen's Belly Malore Cookery Course. And we've got a link up there if you want to check that out. There's a link that goes through to Amazon and uh, go, go through to Athlinks, go onto our blog, and you can have a link through to that. Okay, John, have I done three? I'll, I'll do one more. We've got yeah. uh, Roger Spence. He's got Casablanca. I've never seen it. He likes no. the old school movies. Some like it hot. The mm. Blues Brothers. Did you like the Blues Brothers? That's good, yeah. yeah. I've got a year from behind me from Joe and Bed. That's good. That's good. And Lord of the Rings. Yeah, a bit long. Guess or bottom in that one. You guess or bottom in that one, John? Okay, it's good to know. Yep. And Emily, have you seen that one? Or Emily? Yep, French one. Did you like that? Got to be cultured. Got to be cultured to watch that one. Oh, well, I've seen it. Oh, it must be cultured. So, John, yeah. have, you, have you thought of your top five movies? I haven't given a great deal of thought, Bevan, but basically yeah, anything right. anything James Bond is always quality. Like Golden Golden Eye was one of the one was one of the best ones, but anything got to agree with the the other fellow who said uh, David Craig he's okay for James Bond. Um, like Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan was good, and uh, Sean Connery was the best though. Nice. Any others? Um, that that'll do for now, Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done my peas on this one. Okay, I'm going to go, 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 go Fight Club. I love them. This is no order. Oh, fight Club. Oh, I can, yeah, fight Club. It's just violence, Bevan. No, it's not. There's a message. It what violence. we consume ends up consuming us, Sean. Oh. Oh, jeepers creepers. The Matrix. I'm going to go uh, Shawshank's got to be in there. Controversial Princess Bride. If you don't love that movie, you don't have a heart. <laughs> no, John. It's love. True love. And lastly, I'll pick Forrest up... Forrest Gump? What's that? Yeah, Forrest Gump no, there. Yeah, can go on your list, John. Okay. Forrest Gump is a pretty good movie, I'll admit that. And then lastly, um, what's the movie I really like, babe? The Green Line. The Green, the green Mile? Yeah, yeah, the Green Mile. Yeah, no. Uh, that'll probably do for now. The but Rock. The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just random here. No, you're bringing out the only movies you know the name of. Okay. That's right. <laughs> cookbook? You got any cookbooks? The best thing you can do if you want to um, find out some really good cookbook and general nutrition information, you do a search for um, Australian Institute of Sport or just put AIS and then put nutrition into Google with that and it'll come up, go into the Australian Institute of Sport. They've got a ton of information, recipes, everything you need to know how to be, uh, how to get your nutrition back on track. So that's my best advice I can give people. Good times and I agree with you on that one. So this week's discussion of the week, if you had a chance to be a second tier pro, Athlete, what would you do to ensure you make a proper living? And this could actually be good because we could send this to the second tier pros and they could get brilliant ideas. It is because it's, it's, I, I just see so often that athletes, um, they just think, oh, I'm just going to train and going to race. And they live like in squalor um, because they're trying to make a living out of pathetic prize money. And then you just see the odd 
few smart athletes who are able to combine yep. you know, training full-time and they're able to run themselves as a business and actually make a living out of it. But there's few and far between. And one of the things that um, sort of got me thinking about this was because we had an email in from David Howe and he was saying that um, he recently signed up to um, USA Triathlon and one of the things they did when they sent out, uh, sent out his membership was they sent out um, <clears throat> print training cards of their athletes, you know, like swap cards like yeah. you get in yeah. baseball. He thought it was a pretty silly idea but I thought it was uh, potentially a great idea by USA Triathlon to get, you know, get their athletes' names out there, get them more familiar with the, with the, with the mass public. Um, so I thought it was a quite a good idea um, but uh, he didn't. And uh, So yeah, just any ideas you guys have got on what you would do if you were a second tier pro athlete, you were, you were say able to get say top top five in, in, in most Ironman races and we all know that that's only going to make you a couple of thousand US and you can't do that every weekend yeah. so I'll be interested to hear what people have to say. I want to see your business minds at work. Okay, we're not going to do any music, Joe. So here we go. Age, age Grouper of the Week. Of the week. Beautiful. And to be honest, this has probably been the most nominated Age Grouper of the Week we have ever had. We've had so many emails about this person so it really shows, shows you know, how kind of big they are in the community and it's pretty cool. So you want to kind of read some out, John? It's old uh, Nick Nose Rose. <laughs> he doesn't like the nose, does he? I, because he's been nominated a couple of times here, he may get a name change, but I'll, I'll just consider that over the Don't next week. Call him the pirate captain. Well, that might. There may, there may be other captains out there. I think that's, that's pushing out there. We'll come up with something for next week, though. Well, what, what's a good pirate name? Um, you know, like. Yeah, I don't know. Think of a pirate I, I'm not familiar with any pirates. But all the pirates these days seem to be Somalian warlords. So, <laughs> so, I've got Joe on the job. She's going to think of a pirate name while we were doing this. Right, first one came through from. Actually, I haven't got who sent it through. That was a uh, really good. Um, well, really good. Lots, and to be honest, we haven't named everybody, so we'll just kind of read some stuff out. Right, the pirate ship of fools would like to nominate our Admiral Rosie Nick Rose as age group of the week. Over the years, Rosie has tirelessly offered advice for pirates on the Runners World Tri Forum, especially to the newbies dipping into their toe and to try an Ironman for the first time. He also coaches and mentors many of the pirates one on one on a one on one basis, giving lots of his precious family time to do so. Over the years, Rosie has raced many Ironmans in an attempt to finally get a Kona slot. Often he has missed a slot by just one or two places, for example when he raced Lanzarote, Wisconsin, Frankfurt and no doubt other Ironmans. When Rosie finally got his Kona slot at Ironman UK last week, you can imagine how pleased we were given how helpful he has been to the Pirates and after all his efforts. For this reason, we request that he is given age group of the week for one, his success was sticking to the quest of the slot, shaving minutes off here and there and finally securing his Kona slot. Secondly, in recognition of his services to Ironman and thirdly, in recognition of his central role for the Admiral of the Pirate Ship of Fools and fourth, for being a top bloke. Rosie, we love you. Regards the pirate ship of fools. P.S. Keep up the good work, guys. John, you know so what? maybe we'll be, we call him the admiral. Maybe you know what, John? Mm, what? Emotional. Yeah, they said they love him. Yeah, it is. You know, like I've got all twinkly on the inside. Okay, yeah. I haven't. But that's okay. Good. I really like the pirate ship of fools because you know, like John, we can be a bit hard men in our sport, and it's nice to see some emotion coming through. We also got an email through from Full Force Vegan. Do you want to read that one? You're not going to read it? I, um, I'll summarise. Firstly, I'm delighted to nominate Nick Rose's age group of the week. Nick has been a long-time Ironman and finisher, uh, Ironman and founding pirate, 
known as Rosie or the Admiral. Like many of your listeners, Nick is happy and willing to give out sound advice without being preachy or assuming. He's got all the answers. On the Runners World UK forum, he's a, he is steadily and a calming influence on the newbies of tri- triathlon and successfully mentored a number of triathlon virgins to becoming Ironman. Um, we've also got uh, a couple of clips up there that we'll probably put up on um, next week's show. Um, in his race, Nick swam a 107 on what seems to be a long swim, biked a steady 535, nice. and then knocked out a very solid 321. A well-rounded performance. Wish him luck, and I'm sure he'll see you guys in Kona, although he's sworn to secrecy about any stories involving me. Well, you know what, John? I don't think Joe wants to come up for name because she's turned the light off and she's pretending she's going to sleep. So, okay. Very good. So I think, I think well, was it, the Admiral? The Admiral. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll like that better than nose. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, so... I have one other thing that Fegan oh. put in there. Yes, any thoughts on long-sleeve cycling tops? We are in the process of doing them. Um, we're going to... happen, aren't we, John? probably have it ready for next week's show or possibly the week after. We're going to have a, a lightweight, long-sleeve, um, full-zip jersey, and we're also going to have a winter full-zip, uh, thick jersey, and we'll probably have them up in the next couple of weeks. Love your work, John. Love your work. Um, Nick, the Admiral Rose, you are our age, age group, group of the week. week. Okay, we'll just do the next one. Website, Website of the week. week. Okay, uh, who's this? This is from Adam Young. Um, well, what's, what's I, was getting, I was getting a bit sick of getting emails about this website because it Honestly, has got to, without doubt, be the most nominated yeah, website. It's crazy. So a few weeks ago we had a website, I can't remember what it was called. but Virtual, Virtual-swim.com. Yeah, virtual-swim. And what that was, it was an animations, pretty kind of poor animations of swimming technique. And they had some of the best swimmers in the world and showed you how they swim. And it was a really good website, but www.swimsmooth.com or, yeah, yeah, has taken it to the next level, hasn't it, John? It has. So we had, we had an email in from Adam Young, who is actually one of the founders of Swim, um, Swim Smooth, and then we had a ton of other people email in um, with this crazy, guy. And I was like, I want to do the show tomorrow, so we stopped getting emails. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we did have a lot, a lot of emails in. And uh, so go to swimsmooth.com. It really, as Bevan said, it does take things to a new level. And, and the good thing is, I mean, for sure there's, there's things they're trying to sell on there, but there's so much free information on there. Um, it really is a useful resource. You basically go on there and you can slow the uh, slow the site down. You can uh, you know so you can do it at different um, stroke rates. It's got a ton of tips on there. That as as we said, they are selling things um, on there as well. You know, selling selling um, training programs and so on. But the best thing is you can download this uh, you know different clips from different angles and give you tips. The good thing is that I really like about it is it divides things into beginner, intermediate and advanced swimmers. So often the often these um, websites just focus on you know the say the beginner athlete um, but this really does break it down into the three different groups. So for you guys that are you know quicker than say um, six minutes for four hundred so you swim faster than one thirty per hundred there's there's stuff on there for you as well. It's not just a beginner's site. Um, a ton of uh, a ton of clips uh, as we said they do have um, things you can buy off there, such as just training plans and so on. But it's just got the the, the full package. They just look like they put a huge amount of effort in and uh, a lot of content on there. And, and the enthusiasm for the website really is an example of that. It's a great website. We've got an email now. I don't know the name of the guy, but he was saying by using Swim Smooth, he's been able to knock five minutes off his swimming time. Now that's kind of huge. And 
you know, he's probably a newer swimmer, but still, you know, to be able to knock that time just by being able to understand how your body should move in the water, it just makes such a big difference. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's, the big thing is, is you get these things, you see how you're supposed to swim, go in there and you try to execute it, best thing you can do is get yourself videoed, then you can go back to this resource, look how you should be doing it, go back, tweak it, get yourself videoed again, and uh, yeah, it's just great, and um, and great that it's, a, you know, for, for a large part of this, it's, um, it's free. So, okay, so it's all, I'll put that on the website next week as well, but it's swimsmove.com. Okay, John, I'm going to put a further fitness on here now. I'm going to do the one where I did um, my review of the marathon in Christchurch because we came up with some tips of ideas on how to actually kind of an analysis of race and how to improve on that. So I'll check that on right now. Okay, well, a few weeks ago, I did the Christchurch marathon. And mm. going into the race, I did a marathon early on the year and I ended up doing uh, 2.42. And that was a bit of a surprise to me because for that race, I didn't train that well. I only trained for like five, six weeks leading into it. I taught classes right up to the day before the race, so I taught 11 classes that week. Yeah. Um, didn't taper at all, just turned up, and I pulled off a really good race. And I, I kind of surprised myself, and I was pretty happy with my race day that day. So then I thought to myself, well, I wouldn't mind doing another marathon and aiming to go under 240, because to me, if you get into 230s, that's pretty awesome, yeah. you know, for my own personal kind of experience. And so... And I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it properly this time. So I got a good program, and I really start. I, I pretty much only missed two sessions through the whole thing. I, I uh, trained well, I stretched well, I rested well, I ate well, I tapered, I took time off work, went to the race, and uh, one thing that about the race was it was a bloody hard day weather-wise. Uh, the night before, it was just hailing, mm. terrible weather, and if you actually look at my race photos, it looks like I'm going skiing, like I've got so much gear on. And yeah. So the race day wasn't ideal weather-wise, but still, you know, I, I thought I was fit and I still thought I'm up to getting this challenge. So I took off on the race and the objective of the race was to really, like normally when I've done marathons, I found a 20 to 30k mark kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. So the objective was to get around the first lap at around 119, sitting on 345k. So every k I want to sit on three minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. Uh, got to the first lap and I was pretty much, I was about a couple of seconds behind where I needed to be, but I was pretty much there. Uh, got up to the 20k mark and mentally started to feel pretty tough but kind of pushed really hard and worked really well focusing on good technique pushing through that 20 to 30k mark got to the 30k mark and I was still on my goal time I was on my target time and I knew that uh, that it was more about the mind game now and that yeah. I could and I'm pretty good with my mind game so I kind of thought you know what I can achieve this goal and I was feeling pretty good got to the turnaround point to come home and because the weather was so bad, the wind was really, really strong to the point where when you're trying to get a goal time like the time I was trying to get, seconds count. Yeah. And, and when I turned around, I thought, oh, no, I'm in a lot of trouble now because I had 12K to go and I still was sitting on 3 minute 45s. But with this wind, those 3 minute 45s were going to be really challenging. And so for the next couple of Ks, I beat myself up to stay on the time. Yeah. And I, I was working as hard as I possibly could. Got to 10k to go and I'd lost too much time. There was no way, it was just no longer possible mm. to achieve the time of sub 240. 10k to go, I pretty much gave up. I pretty much just thought, bugger, I'll prod home and take it home nice and easy. End up coming yeah. on on 246. And for that day, I got 15th overall, which is a pretty good effort, and I was pretty happy with that. But after the race, I thought to myself, you know what? I, I probably could have done... Was, I don't think it was possible to get under 240 on that day with that wind. Yep. I think I set myself up in a position to get there, but just with that situation, it wasn't going to happen. But I still could have done a lot better than 246. Mm. And I've only done three marathons in my life now, and I've done lots in Ironman, so I've done 10, but three just as a race. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 
And so I still possibly could have got my PB of yep. done sub 2.42. Uh, so after the race, I, I thought a lot about what is it that I could have done to stay more mentally focused once I'd lost my original goal of 2.40. And I think that's what today's show is really going to be about, is that when you've got a goal going into a race, and, and, and most of us, the first time you do a race, it should be about the experience. But the more yep. experience you become as an athlete competing, you should have goals. And if... You get to a point where in a race where the goal is close and sometimes you have to push harder, but sometimes it does slip away. And one of my faults as an athlete is that in the past I've done this often, is that once I don't get my goal, I just think I'll bugger and plod home. Yeah. And in my last few Ironman races, I actually overcame that and learned to push through that. And while I didn't achieve my goal, I still had races that I was really proud of. Yeah. And looking back on this race, while I was happy with my result, I wasn't necessarily that proud of my effort at the end. Yeah. And so what we want to really think about now is what can I take forward into next races? So if I get in this situation again, that maybe I won't achieve my main goal, but I can still come away with it walking with my head held yeah. right hard. So, so we're thinking about maybe dealing with this in two parts, that we talk about the coping strategies for dealing with disappointment during the race yeah. and the fact that it's not working, yep. and, the, and the coping strategies for dealing with disappointment post-race or, or afterwards. And one thing that Ish and I were talking about when we were doing the notes for this was that it's not having a backup plan is not an excuse to give up on your main goal. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's always a point in a race. I look at a race that you're basically, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to give yourself a chance to achieve your goal. So for me, I was up to 30K, I was always putting myself in a position that with 12K to go, you know, it, it, when it's time to dig deep, you know, ideally I'm in a position where I can achieve that goal. Whereas... So up to then, I was just running on that time, running, mm. on, you know, controlling, you know, and that I can maybe achieve this goal. And then it gets to that point where you have to maybe push a little bit harder than what you're normally used to. And you don't want to have it that, oh, well, if I don't get my 240, I can always still go for 242. Yeah. Because it's just at that hard moment, that's an easy out. Yeah. And so first of all, you always want to say, my main goal is this, and I'm going to work, you know, until death's end to get yeah. to this goal. Yeah, because it's, it's very easy to suddenly have your, your backup option. Yeah. And if you have got your backup option... It's an easy out. It's an easy out because you you will tend to want to fall back. So what we're probably talking more about is maybe coping strategies that that are what you fall back on Mm. rather than actually, well, that's all right, I didn't get 242, I got this because that was my plan B. There is no plan B. There's just strategies for coping with the fact that you didn't get plan A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I think we can um, have a look at maybe, first of all, talking about plan A, which is your target, and maybe recognising maybe some things that are like what's working now, yep. am I actually on, on track? Mm. Um, because I think a lot of the disappointment might be coming from the fact that you think you're on track, yep. but when you actually look at it, suddenly it's like, I'm nowhere near. Mm. It's like, how did I not recognise that mm. earlier on? Yep. So, I mean, you, you know yourself best. I mean, what sort of things, like when you're just in your zone, what is your body experience and what does your mind experience? Well, so for me, I like to use the watch in a race. So, yep. like in a running race at least, and cycling it's a little bit different because you work for other people, but in a running race, I'm using the watch, and so I'm really, because the marathon's a long run, and so, and often it's, often, you know, there's a period where people lose it, and that's where they totally lose their day, and so for me, the first half of the marathon is all about control, you know, because you can, you can get caught up in the fast guys and you want to take off. And so I, I just sit on my watch, sit on my time, focus on technique. And then the objective going into this race was to focus on technique going through 23 to 30. And I knew that if I kept my technique good, I should be able to sit on my goal times. And that was really what I was able to achieve. And mm. I think those types of things definitely help you keep focus on what you can do right now to achieve the goal you're trying to achieve. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So, so then you can start to, to pull it back. And so w- one of the coping strategies might be that 
as you're ticking off maybe what's working, yep. if you start to notice that something's not working, can you make a small adjustment, adjustment to that? Yeah, to that one thing mm. right then to, to catch that up. Because yep. obviously, if you're starting to fall minutes behind, yeah, it, it then becomes like, oh well, it's too much. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas maybe if there's some things that it's almost like that mental checkness, you know, it's my body temperature, it's yep. the watch, I'm, you know, yeah. everything kind of in that. Uh, you're ticking off your list. And then suddenly you think, actually, something's not quite right here. Yep. Can I make a small adjustment now before it's too late? And does that make the difference? Yeah. So, And then once you get to that point where, like for me, after pushing really hard for 2Ks, right, there was no way I could beat the wind. It was just wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have it in me. And I tried my best. If you get to that point and you look at your watch or you, you realise that you're not going to be getting the time you wanted to get today, then that's when we start to go into what's next. And, and, and when I look back on my race, things I could have definitely done a lot better was, first of all, set sub-goals. So, okay, I've lost my goal time, bugger it. What can I maybe... I, I probably could have maybe got a 2.42. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I really tried my hardest. And so I should have thought, okay, well, you know what? 2.40 is not happening today. How can I get 2.42? Mm. And then my mind starts to focus on, okay, well, my goal, my pace will have to go to four-minute case, for example. I don't know. But, for example, I have to go to four-minute case. And then that's, okay, well, if I push hard, I could probably achieve that. Yeah. And so that becomes a much better goal for me for the rest of this race. Yeah, definitely. And that allows you to have a something positive mm. to head towards rather than that whole mindset where you're like going I'm not going to make 240 I'm not going to make yeah. and suddenly it's 242 doesn't even become an option because you're just so gutted about the first yeah. one it's the fact is you're still in a race you're mm. still there on the day It's and, and there's lots of benefits that come with that because there's a few things is that A the last TK's race for me wasn't that memorable you know like, a, like a, I'm still glad I did a marathon don't get me wrong yeah. but it wasn't like you know, that I remember that I pushed really hard through it. Whereas last year when I did the Ironman I did last year, I had a similar experience where I lost my goal time, but I dug deep and I thought, you know what, I'm still going to do the best I can do. Yeah. And you know, I was so proud of my effort in that. And that if I'd pulled off of 242 the other day and pushed as hard as I did the year before, I would have come away from that race, you know, being really, really proud and, you know, quite happy with my result. And yeah. so there's the, there's the reward of knowing that you can dig deep even when things are going tough. I think the other benefit that comes along with that is that Come the next race, that push that you've done at the end can be beneficial to mm. you as an athlete, and you've learned to push through that. So that's one thing as well. Yeah. Another thing I, I, in my assessment of the race is that I, I think that what you can aim to do is set real small speed goals. So there's no way I was going to be able to sit on three minute forty fives, but I could have maybe sat on gone five percent faster than what I was going. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so in that time when you know you're going a little bit slow and you're feeling tired, because when you're in that state where you're feeling tired and you're going slow, everything hurts. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you, And you can justify all the reasons why you're going yeah. slow. But if you were to ask yourself at that moment, well, could I go 5% faster than what I'm going right now? Not 50%, not mm. 40%. Can I just go 5% faster? Yeah. And to be honest, I could have. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that may have got me into a nice rhythm. And then I thought, well, maybe I can go another 5% faster. And so that's another question I'll use in another situation like that in the future is that, right. okay, I've set a smaller goal of 242. Can I go a little bit faster than what I'm going right now? And then, because uh, I noticed my technique kind of died towards the end, but it, because my mindset wasn't in the right place, I didn't really care. Yeah. But if I thought 5% more, I thought, well, I need to lift my feet higher again. I need to pull my knees through the, more, and I need to get my hips up. And yeah. 
you know, it's that kind of information. And, and this is really that whole being a smart athlete. Yeah, really. It's, yeah. it's, it's really being able to, to critically assess things and, and being able to think. Yep. And th- that's when you notice, I think, the difference between like the, the athletes who are just out there on the day t- to have a go to the best of yep. their ability and someone who's actually out there and actually critically analysing what they do as they go along. Yep. And, and like people are saying, it's the really small adjustments that you're making each time and your strider and your technique and everything mm. to, to make those small increases that can pull those goals back or at least head you towards the one that you've now set for yourself because yep. you realise that it's not realistic yep. um, rather than the guy that goes, oh, I just need to speed up and yep. then he speeds up and then he can't even finish it. Yeah. Because so, yeah. for me, you know, racing is about growth and to be honest, I after doing this marathon, I was thinking that I'd take some time off running but um, the fact that I didn't quite do the race I wanted to do um, I'm quite excited about doing my next one, and, and to be honest, going my next one, I don't even care necessarily to do a tub, uh, sub 240. If I do, great, but I'm more focused on actually getting through those moments at the end, and that excites me because it's kind of growth within myself. Yeah. Another thing that I've really thought about is, and one thing that was hard about the Christchurch Marathon was it's a two-lap course, and in the first lap, everyone leads together, so the 10k runners, the half marathoners, and the marathoners all yeah. leave at the same time. Right. So the first lap, you're surrounded by people, you've got people to work with, and then the second lap, because I was kind of towards the front of the pack, you're by yourself. And yep. the second lap, I basically saw one other runner or two or three runners the whole time. Yeah. And one thing that you can use is use visual goals yeah. to set yourself towards. So that can be a visual goal towards, you know, off in the distance. So you can say, okay, that street up there I'm going to run towards and I want to try to stay on this pace until that street. And then mm. when you get to that street, reset the next one. Yeah. Or it can be a competitive <clears throat> athlete. So if it's in a bigger race and you've got lots of people around you, those, can, those people can pull you through. Mm. And it's, that can be really handy as well. But even if it's just someone who's just up in front of you and they're sitting on a similar pace, you know, can I try to catch that person? And it's those types of little goals that can help push you through it as well. Yeah, definitely. So all those little sub-goals and sub-targets. Mm. And that, this can be used, obviously, while, while you're in your A game and going yep. for that target that, that push you along. But it's also that ability to just have those sub-things that you're really recognising. And they become the coping strategies. Yeah. So, yes, I may be off my pace, but I'm still <clears throat> in the game. Yep. And, and I'm still going to be heading towards this at, at my best. Yeah. Because for every race that you perform at your best, at least that's an improvement still towards next one and and ultimately that's why doing an assessment of your Mm. race is really important because if you just do your races all the time and you and you know we we talk about the physical so much but if you're not doing developing the mental game you're just going to kind of have the same things because those moments that come up that are tough if you don't think about how to grow them and come up with strategies to overcome them well the next time it comes up you're just going to do the same thing yeah and you're going to think oh why is it that i always crack at the end whereas for me next time i truly believe that I may well, hopefully have a great race, but if not, and this happens again, I believe I'll do a better performance in that period, which will make me a better athlete. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that's what we really should be aiming to do. Definitely. And we, we were talking about maybe debriefing in a couple of parts. Like I think yep. taking some time to debrief on your own personally. You know, write down your feelings about the race. Yep. What, you, what so you, important. Yeah. What what your take on why things maybe didn't your work. prep going into it. Like yep. for my race team, my running group that I had happening for. Uh, the half marathon you know we actually had an assessment night afterwards mm. and we had lots of questions what you eat what you do you know well how'd you feel in the morning did you sleep well yeah how'd you go in a race what were you thinking about and all that there was really for them to take forward to the next race yeah and that, that debrief is so important eh? yeah and it's also what 
what worked really well. So even though you didn't get your, your maybe you didn't get your total first yep. goal, there was probably still aspects of your race that were bang on. Yeah, you, that you had your everything was right for. Great. So so maybe um, you, you need to make sure that you're listing positive and negatives because it's very easy for us when we're, we're yep. in that disappointment to start feeling down about it and suddenly only see the negative. So I think we, we debrief on our own. And then I think we could take the opportunity, like you do with your group, is to debrief with someone else. Yeah. Is actually just discuss it. Because what you usually find in talking with someone is it just opens other ideas. And I think a lot of the way that Bevan and I talk on the show, yeah. the success of our show is the fact that as we talk, ideas tend to pop into it. Yeah, we're head. just having a discussion, really. We're having we? a discussion, yeah. it opens up. And, and that's what becomes quite interesting to listen to. But when you, when you actually start to talk to someone about the race about what you think went wrong what you think went right they might just have something that suddenly um, just comes into the picture that really just explains a little bit or suddenly you're talking you go ah I yeah. get it now yeah. that, that was it that yeah. was that one thing so yeah so so I guess recapping that's just debrief on your own get your thoughts and your feelings out and then debrief with someone else and talk through and, and maybe even try to debrief with like a coach or an experienced mm. athlete yeah. someone who actually can maybe give you some feedback that you're maybe not all aware maybe of not yourself. the homeless guy that you ran past no. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah when but I was it, running past you uh... but it is interesting because I, like for me you know all sport and anything I do in life is really about growth and experience like I want to live my life for experiences that mm. grow me and um, you know like this really does excite me. Like I do want to do another marathon again, just yeah. because I, I kind of didn't hit the hit the mark on this one, and uh, you know I still had a pretty good race. But it really excites me to see that if I got to that point next time, or I get to that moment, what? How can I deal with it, and how can I get better? Yeah. And for me, that's really exciting, and it just makes me want to grow as a person. And so that's you know, whereas if I, if I didn't do this stuff, I just kind of think, oh well, that's me as a person. You yeah. know that I'm a failure or that I'm this or that I'm yeah. not. And it's not. It's just that I had, didn't have the right coping strategies on that day. Absolutely, and and that's probably quite um, a, a, a mindset that's quite more mature, I guess, than than a lot of people. Because sometimes yeah. they'll do it and they'll just go, well, I'm just no good at doing yeah. it or I can't reach the goal. Rather than the way that you're looking at it, and a lot of other athletes look at it, was like, well, I just haven't got it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if you haven't got it yet, it just means that we just need to train a little bit mm. harder. I mean, how many sports teams do we see that fail and fail and fail and all of a sudden they just... Break through. Yeah, they just suddenly just suddenly win, you know, and it, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I've been talking a lot about that Good to Great book and, yeah. and I've just finished it and it's a great book, honestly. But Was it good? Not great? good, it's great. <laughs> and, uh, and they talk about, one of the things they talk about is the flywheel and they talk about how these great companies, these 11 companies mm. that have been great and they're talking about how, you know, like you were just saying there, is that success... You know, people always say, oh, success came overnight for you guys. And they talk about how a flywheel, you've got to slowly push in. And at first, there's no mm. momentum, and you keep pushing and pushing. And by the time it starts moving, it looks like it's amazing speed, but you haven't seen the speed that's been pushed behind the scene. And, yeah. you know, really, if you're thinking of being an athlete, that's really what you're doing. And if you look at the athletes who are dominating their sport, they've been at it for so long, yeah. and they've learned, and they've got that flywheel just flowing so well, and they know the formula, and they've understood that stuff. And you know, for me, you know, obviously I have a lot more growth to go as an athlete, but that's just really exciting, and it's yeah. a journey, and for me, I just bring it on. Yeah, and at what point is the journey over, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 well, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's basically getting to that stage where understanding that you're progressing to get better. Yeah. And uh, and I think the worst thing you can ever hear someone say is, oh, I know it all, because yeah. like, it's just not true. No. And no. I think if you go to the absolute top, top, top performers in any industry or any in any sport, they realise that they don't know it all mm. and that they have 
just more to learn and that's what keeps them on top. Well, what's really exciting for the newer athlete is that there's so much growth. Yeah. So like when you do your first race, you think, oh, I could have done this, 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 and this. You know, you could write down a hundred things mm. that can improve your performance. Whereas for the experience, you know, the Michael Phelps, the Federers of that, they're looking for inches, you know. Yeah. They're looking, you know, what's one inch yeah. that can make a big difference in my performance. Yeah. You know? and, and, and that's why a sport's progressing so much is because what, what, what happens with the new athlete is he comes in They've learned what the old athletes done. Yeah, because over yeah. his first three months, he's actually picked up like ten years' experience yeah. often of what another athlete because he hasn't had to go through that because they've just eliminated. Passed on. Yeah, they've just passed on, and that's why in sport, like it's evolution, lot, baby. Yeah, it's it's basically that whole thing of that the athlete that starts tomorrow is already further advanced by the time they get to the same age because mm. they just have experienced more. I mean, they haven't experienced more. They're, they're basically um, benefiting from everybody else. Better knowledge base before yeah. they start. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so just some thoughts there. Uh, you're kind of having that experience where you're racing and it's just always kind of falling to bits and really thinking about how you can turn those things around. And maybe even if you're not racing, just in your training. Because for mm. me, I know I'm going to be practicing this stuff in my training. Yeah. You know that I'm going to be practicing finishing harder in my training and practicing these strategies when I'm kind of finding myself a little bit weak and stuff so you know bring it on bring it on let's chuck on some music okay questions yeah. and answers okay we've got what we've got here from Andrew Sawtake Sawtake <laughs> nice hi guys new to the podcast and loving it I've been doing try since I was 14 he's now 27 nice. we've had the past three years or so off training due to uni and new job new baby etc nice. keen on doing the run walk thing however I wanted to know your thoughts on application for those new to running like me fat or unfit currently I'm about 6 minute um, K pace and go uh, around about an hour without too much trouble it re- with regards to this it doesn't apply whether you're fast or slow um, I think the run walk um, is going to walk be- work even better for athletes that are coming back that are maybe a little bit overweight that are, that are struggling the bigger guys I think it'll work even better for them so uh, in your case Andrew I think it'll be fine and you just crack into it doing nine minute on one minute off and um, just listen to the last few shows in terms of the, all the points we've given um, there in terms of how to make sure that you get the walk walk done effectively we got an email through from Peter Tinholt and it was on the WTC and more of a positive light you know we can often give them a bit of shit but at the end of the day they do you know the fundamental what WTC do is an amazing job and he was saying he ended up doing what race was it um, I don't think it's didn't, didn't put it in here. But he basically lost 5 kgs weight in a day, went into the tent, dehydrated, his body temp was 34.2. Wow, so he's, he's gone for it. Uh, no GI function. They basically could pick up no sound in the stethoscope. He was in trouble. And the care he received in the tent was superb. The medical tent was very full, yet I shared a doc with one other guy, and we also had two nurses between the two of us. I could not fault in any way the care that we all received. It was outstanding. While other people sometimes complain about the entry fees, etc., the care we were given was in the, by the medicals was often not seen. Often, I certainly appreciate it. So, you know, that's one thing they do do amazingly well, isn't it? Oh, totally, and, and that's the thing. When you go to Kona, um, you know, the medical tent in Kona is just heaving and heaving. <laughs> They just, uh, they, you know, WTC, we criticise them and it's, it's so easy to be, be to criticise. It's, it's just easy, but we've got to give them credit when it's due. And in all the races, that, all WTC races that I've done, um, they have had a great medical team and I've had been in medical tent pretty much after every race that I've done, I think. Yeah, um, the only downfall with the Kona one 
It's, it, again, it's they do an amazing job. It's how far you have to go to get uh, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a 500-meter walk or a K. It seems like forever. It, it was a long way. I remember that walk of well, – but I didn't actually walk. I got uh, lifted yeah. over there, but it's a long way. Now, I guess that's another good thing for them. They do have – from whenever I've been finishing, they do have all the support crew there to actually yeah. get you to the – Tense. So, um, yeah, and, and when I look at other races that I've done, I really do think the Ironman races do um, no, take it to the next level. And, and, and also we've heard the stories about, you know, the, the tragedies in terms of people dying in races recently. And, and then we've had other emails about how, how good the WTC structure is in terms of how much support crew they have out there on the, on the, on the water. So, yeah, they do do good things. Yeah, they totally do. Okay, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Are you talking up, John? Now, we're going to actually get, um, not Andrew, we're going to get Troy on from um, Athlinks and uh, maybe the next week or the week after to talk about a few things on the show because Bevan and I, we, we, we go on there every week and we, we talk about things that we see and things that we use. Um, but Troy's going to come on the show and, and talk about um, a whole bunch of new developments that, that are coming out. Um, the main thing we want you guys to do is, is obviously to, to, to join up, um, but we really want to push you guys to make sure you're part of the... I am talk community and, and all you need to do is just go into the expo search for I am talk and you can just go add add us as a partner and we want to be the number one on Athlinks so uh, get on there and, and, and do that nice and it's also just a good way to catch up with your mates and, and to really kind of compete against your mates is a kind of fun way of doing that okay trybuys.com just one other thing on Athlinks just do make sure you get all your results up there they are bloody quick at getting them up there um, I'm just going to go on there right now and I'm claiming my result from uh, two weeks ago in the uh, the Governor's Bay 10k race and when I did submit that they had it up there very very quick uh, they had it up within about um, yeah, three or four days they had the actual listing up there within, a, within about 24 hours and then they actually had the result up there as pretty quickly. As a side quickly. note, John, as a side note, a few weeks ago you did a 10K race. I predicted you'd do around four, high 34 something. What did you do, John? And I wasn't happy about that prediction, but it did come true. Right. <laughs> 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 talk about that in a moment anyway so athlinks.com get yourself registered if you're not already on there best place to keep all your results in one place. Okay, uh, trybuys.com. Get on there, John. Why, why are we going to go there? Because it's a no-brainer, Bevan. The specials are plenty. No-brainer. Why are the specials so good, John? Because if you spend over 200 bucks in the US, you get a ship for free. And if you buy anything substantial, you spend over 500 anywhere in the world, you get a ship for free. And uh, I recently, this week I bought something uh, off Amazon. And if you're going to get anything off Amazon, you can go through our, our shop. I was actually buying a new phone. To give Kiwis an example, this phone in New Zealand cost $690. Got it off Amazon. Including shipping, cost me three hundred and eleven dollars. Yeah, so it's pretty much half price, and that wasn't even really on a big sale item. So if you go into trybuys.com, um, I guarantee if you're a Kiwi or you're an Aussie, you guys get shafted on on prices. This will this will bring home the bacon. We can and, and, we can assure you that. When it comes to the five hundred dollars, if you really think about it, sit down and write down what you'll need for a whole season. Because often we think to ourselves, oh, I should have buy this, oh, I should have buy that, and. You know, so you're not buying lots of things throughout the year, but if you actually sat down and thought about your season and thought, okay, I need all my winter gear, I need, you know, maybe a new wedding and whatever, you'd probably come to around that price and you could probably get that whole season's worth of gear in one shot and you'll save you a lot a lot of money overall, so check it out. So the summer heat sale is still on. There's some massive savings. It's like 50% off some things. Um, there's plenty of wetsuits, plenty of goggles. Basically everything you need, you'll generally find on sale. So go on the website, on the homepage, it's really obvious. Summer Heat Sale 09. Nice. Uh, coffees of Hawaii. We got an email from someone asking if the voice was real. 
on the uh, on the song we put on last yeah. week, or yeah, that guy's voice for real, or is it uh, put on? I think it's real. I think so. Anyway, you're into uh, into this sort of Facebook stuff, Bevan. Yeah. So, um, Coffees of Wave now got uh, a Facebook page, which we talked about, um, and Albert's going to be out there posting new a, mu- a new music track every week from one of their Molokai-based artists we work with and support. Um, get people in the mood for the music that will be wafting over the water from our floating espresso bar in Kona. So, um, we'll probably if you just go onto Facebook and you search for Coffees of Wave, you'll be able to find it. Be- Bevan will put a link up on the site next week. Um, but then you can just get into that beautiful Coffees of Hawaii music and, and yeah, that'll get you in the mood for Kona and also make your whole coffee drinking experience that, that much better. Uh, if you do want to get a good deal, you go into Coffees of Hawaii, put in the code IMTALK and you get a 20% discount. The old, the old uh, floating boat is going to be pretty exciting, isn't it, John? We're going to be out there, Bevan. Yep, we are. We have to swim there, don't we? We do, and um, we've been discussing with Albert. He's saying you can get a... a portable mini waterproof recording things so what we're planning on doing is uh, going to do some interviews so uh, get on it get your coffee and come out and see the boys on the boat each morning exciting times John it's exciting times the sponsors coffeesofwai.com get on there so you can get on the boat athlinks.com if you've got no friends go there (laughs) trybuys.com get a deal and send it to your family Okay, so uh, what's the cost on? Anything else? We've got bike jerseys. Okay, so if you are looking to get a bike jersey, we're going to do a new run. And for those of you, we've had lots of emails over the years about people wanting long sleeves jerseys. So they're coming and they're full zip, John. Full zip. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. So email us over the next couple of weeks. When are we going to do that for? How long for? Uh, if we get done in a couple of weeks, we'll probably get them made in uh, October. So, yeah, coming up. I mean, I've just got to sort out the price and everything like that, but they'll be uh, long sleeve. They're going to be the same design as our short sleeve um, jerseys, so you'll, you'll be able to build up the full set. We'll do a vest at some stage, and then you have the long sleeve, the short sleeve, and the vest option. Probably not going to do bike shorts at this stage because um, uh, often if you start doing colourful bike shorts, they don't match with your tops. So I'm just a little, a little sceptical about doing them, and people are pretty particular. We could do white shorts, yeah. people could have showers with them, yes. Yeah, would like that. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, so what have you been up to, John? What's the goss? What are you up to? It's fantastic. You're missing out on some fantastic weather back here, Bevan. I know you're in Australia where it's always sunny, but um, sensational weather in Christchurch. It's warming up. Magpie season has started, and I'm not happy about it. I was out riding by myself on uh, Friday, doing a little ride. Saw the bird go, go above the head. I thought, surely not. It's too early in the season for this. Next thing I know, he's coming in on me. Was not happy. It's going to be a bad, long season of magpie attacks. And other than that, uh, did a 10K race the weekend. Time was miserable. Um, so it's 34 high, but everybody's time seemed to be really, really slow. So I thought I was uh, was actually um, would have been more like the low 34. So running still pretty miserable, but by the time summer rolls around, I'll be well under 34 minutes down about 33 and a half is my prediction. Oh, that's pretty quick. Mm, pretty that's the plan. Uh, what about you, Evan? Yes, yourself. You need to, have you seen my roof? Has my roof been done? I haven't. I'm going to be bi- I'm going out biking with your friend Annette, who's down here from Auckland oh, for the week. Oh, Annette? Yep, she'll be di- she's coming around here in about 15 minutes. We're going and doing double short bays. Oh, um, nice. so we'll bike past your place and see if your new roof is on. Yeah, because I don't know if it's happened or not. Uh, well, I'm in Australia. I've, I've spent a week here. I've been, I went to Adelaide, and Joe and I spent a week in Adelaide, and I had to do a little bit of work on the weekend, which was lots of fun. And now we're driving to Great Ocean Road, and we're, I don't know where we are right now, Port Ferry, I think it is. And uh, honestly, you got good weather. <laughs> Yesterday was crap. <laughs> 
And last night, honestly, I've never had so much stormy weather. Apparently, there's going to be gale force winds today. Um, like, really bad. But they're telling vans not to go on the road. And so, oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Living the dream in Australia. But it's been really good. We're sleeping in, we're doing no exercise, reading lots of books, and just spending time with Joe. So it's been awesome. It's been great. You, you slapped any shrimps on the barbie yet? No, nah, mate, no shrimps on the barbie in Australia. No yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. So next week we'll be back to a regular show. Yep. Um, as I said, we're going to have uh, Troy from Athlinks uh, coming up. Also, probably next week we're going to have a bit of a discussion with a massage therapist, um, oh, cool. John Alice from Muscles Inc. Um, so it'll be next week or the week after. And, uh, and then it's time to start getting into Kona Countdown time. Kona Countdown. John, I'm pretty excited about Kona. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking we're not going to get too much stormy weather over there. It might be windy, but it's usually pretty consistent. Warm I, I have to admit, I do need a bit of a tan, so I'm going to go back and go get the tan worked on. Okay, very good. Okay, let's wrap it up. Okay, Iron Russ. Iron Men don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kaha. Beautiful.